0: Initializing Host Playback Welcome to MRB, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. Some time was taken off, but the yearning to return to the show was stronger than my mental and psychological endurance from a long week's work. I couldn't stay away, and not a damn thing can keep me away from you, the beautiful Metal Robot listeners. And though there are some changes to the show to be seen, it's still a jam-packed show in the 2023 season of the Metal Robot Podcast. Tom McKay, as always, your Metallic Robot host, Driving the amps past 11 and into the stratosphere. Coming up, Colin Sterling returns from Bleh to Yeah. What albums grew on us since we first heard them? Plus, we get to hear the rest of our talks with global symphonic metal collective Valcata and from Toronto based instrumental prog band Xiaode. All this and more. So let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. It is good to be back. I'm Tom McKay, and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. Did you miss me? I know I missed me. It's a weird thing to say. I missed myself. Yeah, I know. I don't know what else I could really say about that. Tom McKay of the Metal Robot Podcast here with you. Now, you may have noticed we are doing things a bit differently, and that's because we're changing up the format just a little bit for the time being. If you want more details on this, I just released a bonus episode yesterday, which you can check out on this streaming platform, on whichever streaming platform you're listening to, the podcast. So make sure you take a look at that. It explains everything that's going on for the podcast going forward. Now, I have a question for you. What's an album that you first discovered as a pile of used condoms and broken needles, but then sometime later turned out to be a cake so delicious that you stopped caring about the communicable diseases it probably gave you? Shit, maybe even an album that didn't suck at the start. It could be an album that you kind of knew was okay, but you just had a hard time getting into it. But then, of course, you gave it a bit of time, and you came back wondering where this amazing album had been all your life. That's a question that Colin posed for me when I went to sit down with him back in a couple episodes back, and boy was he surprised by my response. But first, let's hear his. Let's welcome back to the show, Colin Sterling of Thrasher's Paradise on the Metal Robot Podcast. Twice
1: in one episode? Wow!
0: Wow! Wow! (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm special.
0: You're Woo! special. So, okay. I don't get
1: out of the house much, so I really appreciate it. Wait, I'm in
0: my own house. Jesus, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have people over as much, essentially. Not really. No.
1: no. I-, I don't have company a whole lot.
0: No. Well, i forgot to ask you in the last episode, how's your, how, how are things uh, How are things going? How's, how's the girlfriend? Uh, Michelle is her name, right? Yes.
1: We're good. Michelle's good. Yeah. She's, she's been working a whole lot, but
0: we're good. Yeah? How long, how long have you guys been together? Almost a
1: year now. Wow. Actually, depending on when this episode... So it's uploaded. Could be a year.
0: Probably a couple. I think a couple of weeks after the last time you were on the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I've had a girlfriend for over a year. Nice. She's crazy. And she's amazing. And I s- I'm so lucky and blessed to have her in my life.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, she, I, I can tell just by the way you're talking about her, because I've, I've seen you with that. Uh, like, I've known you since college. Yeah. She's not the first person I've seen you date. But I, this is the first time I think I've seen you ever. Like, this is something I can tell you're genuinely infatuated with, I think.
1: I can't picture life without her. She's truly the missing piece of my heart. I
0: need it. Can I get the canned awe sound effect Aww. In, in, in post?
1: <laughs> Aw, yeah. Me being a, a romantic at heart, because that's all I ever wanted was just love, and I finally found it, and I am so grateful to have her.
0: Absolutely, and I'm I'm very happy for you about it. I'm glad it's working out. Thank you. Now, yeah, my meds have worn off about an hour ago, so this is gonna be a off the off the pill kind of kind Our of meds. podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have a fun time here. So, uh, because this is the topic that you introduced, why don't you go first? What album did you have in mind first?
1: Body Count. Uh, their 2017 release, Bloodlust. So when I first oh. heard it, I knew all of his lost, mm-hmm. And that's it. I thought it was a great song. I, I listened to the album, but it didn't, nothing. It didn't, didn't feel it. Recently, for some reason, I just decided, like a couple weeks ago, you know what? I'm going to listen to this album again. Why not? And listening to it again, it is truly an amazing album. Really? It, it's something that hits different and after everything that's happened the past couple of years especially with the band that body count is You you tend, this album now, you just, you tend to understand the album and the songs and the message that Ice-T is just drilling into you a whole lot better. And you understand the pain and struggle of it. There's this one song called This Is Why We Ride. It's Mm -hmm. truly an emotional and great song that, that just expresses grief and just the heartache of gang violence in the streets and in the ghetto. And it's, an album I feel every metalhead should be required to listen to because mm-hmm. it's a perfect blend of rap and metal. Not Limp biscuit, <laughs> it's, it's what rap and metal should sound like.
0: Speaking of, hold on, just going off of a bit of side tangent here. Have you noticed on Instagram I've, and like Limp biscuit has been making the rounds again? Like breaks, like I think break stuff was the song that's like everybody's it's all about a he said, she said like that song.
1: Oh, my God. Is that now on TikTok? Is that TikTok popular song now?
0: I think so. Yeah. I've been seeing it a lot on the Instagram reels. God, why? Why? Biscuit. (laughs) I don't know. I'm questioning it myself because I'm, I'm sitting here like I know Limp Biscuit still has their fans, and like that's fine. But why it's are they gaining so traction again? Funny you
1: say that because I think it was either today or yesterday of recording. I saw a Limp Biscuit meme, <laughs> and I'm just like, why is this popping up in my feed? No, no. Dear God, Limp Biscuit. But Tom, yes, I posed the same question to you.
0: Hmm. So. The, I, I was waiting for you to say, to even say it for a second there, but I was like, okay, so <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to be like, so Tom, I posed the same question to you. What albums? And I was like, I was sitting here waiting for it. You're not going to that. I don't think you're hear, you'll hear that in the edits, but eh. we shall see. Will I leave it in? Will I, time will tell. What do you think is going to happen? Will I leave it in? Probably. Probably leave it in? Okay. Probably. You're
1: probably <laughs> going to leave it in. If you're me, well, me, I leave everything <laughs> in. I, I do very little editing on my videos. I've only been told to twice to mm. edit something out, and that's it. If, if you don't tell me to edit it out, it's going on. Yeah. On
0: the <laughs> okay, so. Um, so, I'm, before I even mention the album name, i will going say this: the band name to see what your reaction will be. Okay. Trivium. Your immediate reaction? What? What Trivium album
1: are we talking about? So, so, we might have the we might have the same impression on a certain Trivium album.
0: Well, okay. First of all, I'm not talking about the Crusade. That has not gone on me yet. No. But. No, no, no. But it was uh, funny. Funnily enough, this is something like anybody who may have been part of the Metal Robot uh, journey since the very beginning might know. Uh, Vengeance Falls, <laughs> like. Okay. Here's the thing. Even in that original review, which I don't know if you can find it, but I actually tried it because I was like, that's a different era of Metal Robot that I was, that was this not I, the same.
1: I actually love Vengeance Falls.
0: Here's the thing. Vengeance Falls, at, my big gripe with it back then was mostly je- that it was like, uh, it felt, it felt like trying, I'm trying to remember exactly what I was saying in the, in the original review, but it, it was mostly like, it felt like it was kind of. It it was so close to being a great, great follow up to In Waves, but it was like it it just felt like they were like uh, trying the same ideas in the same album over and over again. That's
1: where the issue lies. It's a follow up to In Waves. Here's here's here. Personally, for me, it's In Waves that really didn't really. I didn't really care. I I loved Vengeance Falls from the minute I heard it. Mm -hmm. In in Waves over over the years, I've grown more to like it and respect it. But like no, like Vengeance Falls for me, I've always
0: loved interesting because here's the thing because most most trivium fans will say that silence in the snow is one of those albums
1: oh i love silence in the, snow. And
0: the second i heard it that was my
1: silence in the snow the song was the very first metal song i ever heard
0: really yeah. hell yeah oh man oh so that was the first i
1: think yeah album i ever bought right. myself
0: okay so that's so that's where the differing thing comes from because you gotta you see from my perspective when i got into trivium this was very very early in my metal upbringing, I guess. Uh, so this was, this would have been after I heard discovered avenged, so Trivium would have been like the third, fourth band I discovered. And this was after In Waves came out, before Vengeance Falls. Yeah. So In In Waves, uh, the song actually Built to Fall was the first one I heard. From oh, them. Built
1: to Fall. Yeah. You know, for me, um, Trivium was the very first metal band I ever heard. Really? Yeah. But Dream Theater is the one that sealed my fate. Yes. <laughs> so I was in British Columbia. My mom, my mom, my brother and I were driving up to Kamloops, BC to visit my stepdad for a week because mm-hmm. he was working there. At the time, doing uh, weed weed removal for CP Rail rails. So we're driving through the mountains, and we're in this rental car, and it has Sirius XM. So I turn it to Channel 37, which is Octane, which is the hard rock station. And all you hear is Silence in the Snow by Trivium. And that's the one that really stuck with me and the one I really remembered. It's a good song. It is. It's a fantastic song. It's a great album, too, in my opinion. I I, I agree. I agree. And just that's a memory I will always have is just when I I first heard metal music.
0: Yeah. uh, I, I heard that a little bit after... Vengeance Falls, and by the point I think I knew why the sound was more more melodic than it than it was previously because of uh, Matt Heafy's vocal problems. But one thing is for sure, like Vengeance Falls, the reason why I, it, it took a while for me to get into is because I don't I don't know exactly. Like it just felt to me at least compared to what we were getting with In Waves, which in my opinion was the ultimate kind of like collage of various different genres and styles that these guys were were into metalcore thrash metal death metal bit of blackened in there sure why not that was a great for me a great mixture vengeance falls dialed things back a little bit and in a way that i wasn't fully on board with at first but the reason why it grew on me over time is because since that review came out uh, you know, back then when I did the review, it was same rating system. I gave it a seven and a half out of 15 because it's like, it's a great album, but it's like for Trivium, I was like, I was expecting better by that point. Wow. Yeah. But it grew on me over time because it's one of those albums that even if it doesn't click at first, yeah. it's trivia. Yeah. You like, they're like, even during this, this, this is before the sin and the sentence days where everybody's on board that they're, that they're masterclass at this point. I mean, come on, send a sentence. I, what? I
1: feel after sending a the sentence, they kind of took a dip. Really?
0: In the Court of the Dragon even?
1: I haven't heard in Court of the <gasps> Dragon. I, I'm more referring to the album that came after. Okay,
0: yeah. What the Dead Men Say, I had my thoughts on that one. Everybody was on board with that the one. The album
1: cover alone ruined it for me. Really? <laughs> in all honesty, if I'm being 100% honest, that album cover just... And that song, the first single they
0: released, what was it? Cat- oh, it was... Uh, oh, Catastrophist.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, here's the thing. Like, the my thoughts on what the dead men say i talked about it in the in uh, my best of 2020 i think it was because they ended up in the people versus mrr segment of like hey i i get why everybody thinks this is what the best album from them this year but for me literally Half of the album was fantastic because they were all singles and they were all on the front. But after the singles are done, everything kind of starts to dip a little bit in terms of like the re- the replayability. You can see why the first half of the album were singles, but that was not something I was uh, that uh, I felt was happening with Vengeance Falls because this isn't like the modern era Trivium. Most most if not all fans agree that this is like top tier Trivium at this point. But Vengeance Falls, a lot of people were on board with. I felt like they stripped back way too much around that time in terms of the 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 amount of uh, compilation of genres, the the combination of genres, I think is the right word I'm looking for, that they were getting on in waves, which is what I liked most about it. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, you know, they kind of stripped things back a bit and it was like. I don't know if I fully got into that. But over time, of course, the catchiness of Strife, especially. Oh, Strife. Strife is such a good song. That is a really good song. But it's funny, like we talk about Trivium. I was, before we came in here, I was actually torn about between talking about Vengeance Falls or what the dead men say. Why? Because what the dead men say uh, is same thoughts that I mentioned earlier, like when I talked about it the first time. It It was good, but literally half of the album is amazing. The other half is like only okay. The other half actually got kind of better. Yeah. Like, the more the more you start getting into it, I'm still not a big fan of how they closed that album, because mm-hmm. it's like, it kind of just ended.
1: See, and that's what it takes. One song can really make or break an album, depending yeah. on the positioning of it. For me, there was this band from Kitchener called Cerberus. Mm-hmm. And they had they came out with their album, self-titled. Great album. Their last song ruined it. Uh, it, it just felt so
0: out of place. Well, okay, that, that's not the case with uh the closer for what the demon say, which I'm pulling up now, the ones we leave behind. It was just like it was a good song. Like again, like the, the second half, the second half of the album is okay, but that's kind of my issue here. It's like the first, literally the first five songs on the album, including the intro song. Were singles. Yeah. But the other half was not. And it all, it, it, you can see pretty quickly why the first five were singles. Yeah. Because the second half, aside from the Defiant, was, you know, it, it just kind of. Meh tier compared to the rest of the album, but the way they closed it with the ones we leave behind, it's a good song, Yeah, but not a closer. Okay. I get, I get what you're saying,
1: yeah. but no, it's like, we could probably go on and on and dig through like albums and songs that just,
0: well, hold up before we move on that one. I want it amongst the shadows and the stones. What'd you think of that song from Trippium? Well, album set off of? From the same, al- what the dead men say. You didn't- I, I've
1: never heard what the dead men say.
0: The, the full album?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So you heard, do you, do you I, haven't heard it? You didn't hear any of them or you just like, didn't. I've
1: heard like. Catastrophe catastrophist, but okay. it really, that just really made me, eh. yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with Trivium where i really? love them for a little bit, but then I hate them for like two years.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. On that note, I encourage you, once we're done here, listen to In the Court of the Dragon, the album. It is, oh, well. that is, that is yeah, even artwork. The is artwork is fantastic.
1: Fucking awesome.
0: Oh, the artwork is fantastic. The album itself is if you like, what what were your thoughts? Just bef- what were your thoughts on the sin and the sentence? I
1: love it. I thought the sin and the sentence.
0: You're going to cream with <laughs> with, <laughs> with that new album. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> In the court of the dragon will make you soil yourself in the best way possible. Oh it, great! Like okay, I don't I don't mean to oversell so it, but really my god! I'm really
1: tired right now, so I'm I'm like kind of paying attention, kind of not. But fair I will, enough. I promise you, I will listen to the court in the court of the dragon.
0: Definitely do. Uh, so that was that was my album. Uh, and that was and your album as well. Yeah, those are those are I think great examples yeah. of what of what people thought. Now I am curious. Well, Ed, we're not going to do this on this particular episode, but I do want to see next next time we bring you on. Yeah, the opposite end of this topic: albums that you liked, <laughs> but then slowly deteriorated over time. But I can
1: do bands like <laughs> do bands for me. Kill switch engage.
0: R- okay we'll save that one for the for when we actually talk about this but if
1: you want to sure i don't yeah. mind getting into
0: it now oh man ah uh, cuz i i, I want to save i want to save time in the edit but <laughs> the funny thing is like you're saying killswitch engage in my mind for that topic like this topic idea we're, i'm not going to go too far into it now cuz i do want to save this for a more in-depth conversation later but for me like basically most of the shitty new metal from like back in like the early like the early two thousands, Limp that Biscuit
1: did, for me is definitely part Limp
0: of that. Biscuit is the first thing that comes up. We oh. can
1: definitely get into this mm. next time.
0: Next time on the Metal Robot Podcast. Colin, once again, thanks for coming back onto I'm the show. Tom. Thank you so much for having me. So, now that we've spilled our blood on this topic, let's hear from you. What album went from bleh to yeah? And what was the catalyst that changed your mind? I'd love to hear from you anywhere online using the hashtag MRPBLEH to yeah. I'd love to hear from you. You can also send me an email, tmckay at themetalrobot.com. That's T-M-C-K-A-Y at themetalrobot.com. Dot .com. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Podcast. And now let's finally check back with De. I sort of left you hanging a couple episodes back and I know some of you have been chomping at the bit waiting to finally continue with them. Shame it took a couple months, huh? So last time we touched briefly on the new EP Chimera and talked about being an instrumental progressive band and the challenges that come with it. So let's keep that discussion going and bring in, once again, Spencer Robson of Xiaodei Part 2 on the Metal Robot Podcast. With the EP, uh, there, were there any specific tracks that stood out to you on uh, during this process where you were like, hey, like something interesting is going on here, uh, there's something sticking out? Can you uh, walk us through one of those tracks on the EP and explain the creative process behind it and what made it so special?
2: Yeah, so what's nice about working with Rob is that uh, not only is he a great composer, but he's a great arranger, which I think is um, a skill that's overlooked a lot in, I mean, just about anything, but especially in music, like So I uh, was showing him a couple of riffs for Kane, for example, and uh, I was having trouble figuring out like the next part and I sent it to him and he was like, I'm going to try something. And he rearranged the riffs, moved them to the beginning of the track and then added something else in a way that at first I was kind of like hesitant with because I had it in my head that it should be a specific way. Mm -hmm. And by the time the song came together, I was like, oh, I see what you're doing. It was, I was like, you are arranging it in this way to build tension. And once I heard it back, I was like, I never thought of this song as being this kind of song, but he heard the riffs in a different way than I heard them in my head and put them down. So it's always those kind of like surprises that I like a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, a, and, yeah. uh, yeah, no, no you no, go, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. <laughs> this like, is a Canadian so, standoff here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, 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 you go
0: ahead. No, no, <laughs> you go <Five> ahead. Minutes, <laughs>
2: 20 minutes later, interview's over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, those are, I was just going to say more of the same thing. Like in, in Column Killy also, um, that middle part is a very raw part because it, uh, it's, it's very soft, but it pulls off of the melodies that come from the other riffs, uh, and we kind of do that to each other all of the time and and adding Justin in we have a new bass player I'm really uh we've started writing some stuff it's early stages but um it's kind of nice to have a third person that has similar tastes to kind of like bounce ideas off of and yeah it's nice to share you know it it's, yeah. it it actually feels good to work with people uh that you can trust to kind of take your creative ideas and take them to a level that you enjoy which is really hard Really, really hard to find because so many times you're cagey about your riffs or you're cagey about your ideas because you find that people take them in a direction that you don't want them to. But I don't feel that way with this band, which I'm very lucky about that.
0: Yeah, that's one of the beautiful things of working with people. I mean, I experienced that myself, even Uh, like last year, I released an EP uh, called The Demon Sultan. I worked with a singer. Yeah, I worked with a singer on one of the songs, Lindsay Schoolcraft. She came in with uh, like uh, just stuff I had already written and decided to harmonize with it. But yeah. her, what she did for that section, it ended up like she transformed it in a way that transformed the rest of the song. I'm like, Holy shit, I got to bring this here and I got to do this here. And like this, this changed so much. And I, and I think that's one of the beautiful things it, that would never have happened. Had I decided, nah, I'm going to do all this on my own nobody else around
2: yeah, yeah and sometimes that ends up being your favorite part the thing that like you didn't write ends up being like you're like oh my god i love it it's genius it's because you're listening almost to someone else's music that is now your music that's what's kind of nice about it right it's because it is someone else's idea but it's also a song that you wrote exactly be, you, you got to be open to that kind of stuff like i do understand the people <clears> that like create everything in their bedroom and are like amazing kind of like producers and know how to play all the instruments. And I mean, that that's awesome. But personally, I don't know. I'm also in film and TV and like, it takes a village. So <laughs> look like other people have great ideas. And if you're open to mm-hmm. it, it's going to make your thing better, but you got to make sure you surround yourself with people that you trust. That's the hard part. That's the really hard part.
0: Yeah. I mean, it going into like the film and TV world, like George Lucas learned that with the original star Wars trilogy. Cause the, I don't know if you heard this, like the original cut of the, of a new hope was total shit, but he, but he surrounded himself with people who were able to tell him it was crap and yeah. work with amazing editors yeah. to, to, to bring the movie to what we know it as today.
2: That's key. Have have Surround yourself with people who can tell you your ideas shit. Exactly. And you're, and you're cool with it. Like, you know, they do it with like love or, you know, they're doing it to be like, listen, I know you can make it better or Mm -hmm. for your own sake, don't release it as is. Like that is, uh, that's hard to find.
0: It's also important that those people are not your mom because those people will, (laughs) your mom will be like, it's great. It's great. Turn them out. Yeah. What the fuck was that?
2: (laughs) So she has to support those. So
0: yeah, it's. (laughs) <laughs> now, now, you've described Chimera as unapologetic. What does that mean to you, and how did that mindset influence the writing and recording of the EP?
2: I think that word kind of sums up um, just kind of how we feel about our sound and the kind of stuff we want to write. Like, maybe we want to write kind of like a, a complicated but also dissonant, like Gorgut's, Pattern, but also end with like an Acacia strain breakdown. Like mm-hmm. I don't care if it sounds good, if that's what comes to mind, if that's what make, what gives me goosebumps when I play it and listen back to it, that's what we're going to do. So it's, Not kind of like in a rude way. I guess it is kind of in a rude way, but again, I don't really care. This is what the music sounds like and we're doing it for us and it feels good. And when I, I, I have to believe that when you're doing something that feels good to you and you're trying to share that with people, they're going to feel that energy because all you can do is bring what makes you, you to your music and everything else is just kind of like, you can't control it. So,
0: all right. Now I'm yeah. looking at I'm looking at my questions here, and it looks like we take a bit of a detour here. Have you seen the Last of Us TV show yet? I sure have. Oh yes, I have. Oh, oh, oh. now based on it, because this is like it's like it just finished the season, I believe, and it's like it's still a big a big talking point. Based on that show, which member of Jao Day is most likely to survive a Last of Us style zombie apocalypse, and why? Whoa,
2: great question. <laughs> Um, Rob's dead he's dead (laughs) for sure he's dead I don't think he would mind me saying that either he's so dead Um, I think it's between Justin and I I think I would feel too confident I would do really well and then I would get too confident and then I would get killed I think Justin would I think Justin would survive he's our new bass player and I think he would I think he would live but Rob let me just say one more time Rob is dead
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for answering the next question, which was which member would be the first to die. So thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm efficient. My answers yeah. are efficient.
0: <laughs> it's, it, it's a two in one. Uh, so, all right. So now that that detour is over, that's a. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly I wrote this off my meds too, but, uh, so the, going back to the topic, what do you hope fans will take away from this new EP, both musically and thematically?
2: Ooh, that that is a good question. Um, I guess one thing I hope people take away from it is, um, like I know instrumental metal is a very specific thing, like a, a very specific sound comes to people's minds. And I think that comes from a lot of other bands like really hard work into creating like a, a a really cool genre. But I hope that people listen to this music and are kind of shocked by a little bit of like a different flavor to instrumental metal. Um, So that's, that's kind of like the best thing that I can hope, especially with like a new release that we're like pushing a lot more than our first release and having a little bit more like press and a little bit more buzz, like, I really hope it just gets in front of people and there's a little bit of like a surprise. And uh, knowing that instrumental music is still something you can kind of like flip a table to every once in a while. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. 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 There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I do have one final question here, and this is the most important question I could possibly ask you.
2: Well, we run out of time, so I can't answer it. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Well then. uh, So Nah, but the question is, if you could be any cereal box character, who would you be?
2: Fuck, man. I don't know. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) Why is that question always the tough one for people? (laughs) They're like, oh my God, everything else was so so easy. There's (laughs) so many options. Like, which one is going to,
2: like... Because now I'm thinking about your Last of Us question. I'm like, now which cereal box <laughs> character would survive in Last of Us? I don't know. Like, Tony's loud. Tony the Tiger, he's too loud. Like, I think he's great, but he's a little bit too loud. Count Chocula is kind of, I feel like he's, like, sneaky. Mm-hmm. The tricks guy, I mean, he would get shot for sure. <laughs> um, I, I, I'd say Count Chocula. Maybe mm. the captain, because the captain knows how to work a boat. Ah, that's gotta be that's gotta be pretty important. Yeah, the captain.
0: The captain, captain crunch, you gotta go captain, captain is yeah, important. Captain.
2: Oh, sorry, Captain, Captain. Sorry, yeah.
0: Captain. <laughs> we're not we're not promoting him to captain yet. He's still a captain. He's still a yeah, captain.
2: Still a captain. He's got a lot of work to do.
0: Hmm. Actually, would it would it be captain and then captain down here, or would it be the other way around? That's a good question. I
2: mean, you gotta get him on the show. You have to ask him. I got it.
0: Yeah, hey, Captain Crunch, you know how like my email's on screen. Figure send me an email. Let's get talking. So, shout out to Captain Crunch. Shout out to Captain Crunch. <laughs> All right. So, Spencer, thank you so much for coming on the show. The new EP is Chimera. It's out now. Wherever you can get it, you can stream it, download it. And I believe there is also a bandcamp link as well. Correct?
2: There sure is, yeah.
0: Right. That'll be in the podcast description. So, uh, Spencer, before we head out, is there anybody, anything that you want to shout out right now? Any socials or any, any bands, people that you want to, that you want to shout out here? You got the floor.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we're going to have a, uh, another album that's coming out this summer, which we're very excited about also already. God damn. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, we're going to have a lot of shows that we're planning for the summer. So if you're in Ontario and Quebec, um, just keep your eyes peeled. You can follow us on Instagram at Jowday Metal. Um, and I'm going to do a shout out to the band Hound Skull because they were some of the first people to really, I don't know, show us some love. And, and Kyle introduced me to a bunch of promoters in the city and they've been like a huge support and they're a fucking killer band. I I love them. They're the best. Uh, and also shout out to uh, Tyson Blast in Windsor, keeping Windsor scene alive. And like he he booked us our first show in Windsor and there was like a good crowd there. And I was like so shocked because it was our first show. And he's just a super chill dude. He's in a sick band, heavy breather. Um, yeah. Off the top of my head. That's it.
0: perfect all right so with that with that in mind thank you once again Spencer for coming on the show I appreciate your time thanks for having me man loved it that was Spencer Robson of Day. thanks again to him for coming on the show Chimera is out now go check it out on streaming or on Bandcamp and let them know I said hi real quick on the note of solo versus group projects that we got into in this segment look there is nothing wrong with going it alone trust me there isn't I mean I did it myself but one thing that was talking about in this uh, interview here when it came to doing that is one of the things that I learned from Call to the Demon Sultan from the solo EP. There is only so much that you can do by yourself and keeping isolated from other voices and ears will only limit how great your music can become. Trust me, like many of the aspects of the EP that I love nowadays that wouldn't have been a thing at all if I hadn't brought on other, other people. Like, for example, the song, The Benighted One, if you had up hearing that song, a lot of the song is the way it is because of Lindsay Schoolcraft's contribution. She ended up bringing in her own style to her section on top of the harmonies. It, that section also inspired uh, some other parts of the song and it allowed me to be able to focus on, oh, maybe I can do this differently. Maybe I can do that differently. And of course, Nathan Gross, with the intro track, I could not have done that myself. I tried and tried. Oh God, I tried to write an instrumental intro track, but it just would not fucking work. Nathan Gross came and it's like, yeah, I got you. I'll take care of that. And then fucking brought in such a banger. I was like, I couldn't have done that by myself. So while you can do stuff by yourself and there's a lot of things you can do on your own, it doesn't hurt to bring in other people. And if anything, one of the f- drawbacks, of not bringing in other people for other aspects of the EP was, you know, looking back, there's things that I, you could have done differently with the EP, such as with the mixing. Oh my God, I could have done things differently with the mixing. Had I just... I uh, brought in somebody who is more qualified, or even done uh, brought in a guitarist for some of the, the guitar solo work, because lord knows I don't I'm not a shit player, but I'm not a great player either. That anyways, that's a discussion for another time. If you want to hear more from Xiaude, you can find their links in the podcast description. Of course, part one was on episode 42. If you want to check that out as well. You're listening to MRP The Metal Robot Podcast. It feels so weird that we're already at a third interview for the podcast and we didn't do any reviews or news. This is so weird, but we're going to just roll with it for the next little bit as we described in the previous uh, bonus episode. So finally for tonight... Let's take a trip back to Valcada and sit down with Ohakade once again to talk that new dark symphonic single, Paralyzed. Last time, of course, we talked about the song, the cast of musicians that the Global Collective has heard from, the importance of listening to more than just metal, and where we left off, we were about to get into using Guitar Pro to write the music. Now, hold on, Elite, too good for cheat sheets, guitar players. There's actually a reason for it, and personally having used it, I can tell you right now, it actually is a good tool to use if you're a musician. It's a good tool for creation, not the overall solution, but I'll let Oha Kate talk more about it. This is Valkata part two on the Metal Robot Podcast. How do you end up writing these? Like, how, like Do you like sit down with like, uh, like a, a pad of sheet music or do you, ha- do you use certain software to create the songs?
3: I use a software called Guitar Pro. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh,
0: I'm very familiar with that. <laughs>
3: okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you understand how simple of a program that is to use, how, how, how efficient it is. Um, you can really do revisions quite quickly. And every musician that I work with knows how to use that. So um, I am considering seeing what other options are out there just in case, like, the support for that completely disappears, and I'm left with no tools. Um, but for now, that's 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 what I use to write, um, and also my MIDI keyboard just to get ideas out a little bit faster rather than just typing in things not for no on guitar pro.
0: do you think it's more important when it comes to the writing process to get more tactile with the process with the MIDI keyboard or do you find that uh, you're able to just be able to see it and point and click a lot better with guitar pro?
3: I personally work a lot better seeing it and being analytical about the composition. I know that um, a lot of musicians work a lot better just kind of by feeling it out and stuff which is also of of course really important. For me personally, I actually obsess over the tiniest details visually when I look at the the composition. Um, But that isn't always the case because sometimes I'll need an idea to just start with and like I'll hear it in my head first and I'll kind of work through it in my head and then I'll put it in the composition and then work through it from there. But overall, yeah, I would say that I kind of agonize over the details and i don't know if that's a good thing maybe i should work (laughs) on that But
0: does analyzing over the details though that does that cause more time like stretch does it cause your time to be stretched out more do you feel like you're spending okay
3: (laughs) it does it does but i can't stop until i'm i'm happy with that you know i guess for me like every song that i put out is quite expensive and i'm putting a lot of resources a lot of effort into it and i can't with a good heart, put something out that I'm unhappy with when I'm really going for it. So I have to just obsess and just be like, okay, fine. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's work through it. Let's make it better. Can it can always be better?
0: It can it's always like be better. It can always be better. I think, yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking about with that because that as using Guitar Pro actually like that's how I ended up writing my own music. Uh, yeah. That's how I write my own stuff nice. uh, outside of it. It's I find it so. Of course, you know I do have like my I have my guitars in the background to help me with writing stuff. But when I need to actually write it down, especially since my memory is so shit, <laughs> right. like I, it's better to have it at least written down and have that creative control. So I do understand that. But I also know that there's a lot of people when it comes to writing that way, there's a lot of people that scoff at the idea of, oh, you're not a real like musician if you're just writing it down on the keyboard. What do you usually say to that?
3: Uh, you've kind of spoken there to one of my biggest insecurities, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know? Um, so what I say to that is they're probably right. I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> well, I, I, I can only work with what I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even have like a, a full scale piano to work with. I'm really like working with the, the the budget that I have, the programs that I have, and I'm just doing my best. But I absolutely do hope Um, for the future that I can start incorporating a little bit more organic musicianship into it, I definitely think that could help the material more. But, you know, as it is, all like 99% of the instruments that are in the music are live instruments, Mm -hmm. especially the strings too, which is something that I really care about because, you know, a lot of symphonic metal does use samples, but there's nothing really quite like the string work, like being live. Just exactly, the small details in it, it's like the emotions that expresses and stuff. I do everything I can to make the music sound as organic as possible, despite the fact that it's written by a living robot, which is me.
0: Yeah. Well, I th- I think like, no matter what, like this may be just my personal opinion and anybody can try to tell me otherwise, but I, I know when it comes to my personal opinion, as long like you're not using Guitar Pro to cheat out on like... Uh, like, you're not like it's not like you're a guitar player writing guitar parts that you can't physically play, mm-hmm. uh, but because like you're actually like you're just composing music, and I think there's a big difference there. That a lot of people, when they hear Guitar Pro, especially guitarists, I know that some of them will scoff at the idea, but it's not like you're using it as a bridge to <clears throat> sound better as a player, you're using it as an actual writing tool.
3: Yeah, it's uh, I'm not really writing stuff for me to play, um, because. I'm terrible at playing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a, I'm a pianist, um, keyboardist actually. So I can play just not very well. I haven't yet played live on a Velcata track yet. And that's not really because I'm afraid to, it's literally just because it's so expensive for me to rent a whole studio out and do that. Right. I don't have the means to actually record uh, a decent quality or piano recording. So I do, um, cheat a little bit with the synth parts you know there might be some piano parts that you hear that are like wow that's really impressive but those parts are synthesized I will be honest about that um, but yeah I I I do compose with the fact in mind that like a real guitarist a real drummer is going to play it and I'm always open to their suggestions if a part is too difficult or Needs to be changed, or if they want to make some parts better, or whatever.
0: It's still basically your mind going into, like your mind, your your thoughts and your your emotions going into the yes, piece, though. Very much so,
3: and, and they're they're very sensitive to that. They're really good about getting into the heart of the song and staying true to it. And it's really important. Uh, for me to to work with people who understand that kind of music, also
0: with all that, obviously, you know the the <clears throat> the musicians involved, they might change, they might not, but we, but uh, and we might go back to the Valkata symphonic universe, or we might do something a bit more personal in the future. But what can we expect from Valkata in the future, going forward after Paralyzed?
3: Uh, like I said, I'm expecting to hear uh, guitar recordings today. For a new song so there's actually another song on the tail end of Paralyze that'll be following it quite closely I hope we're going to do our best to get it out uh, quite quickly the lineup for that will be quite different again I have a bunch of songs and I would like to do either an EP or I might save them for an album but most likely it would be an EP maybe later next year so that's that's what I'm hoping. I really would love to do another full-length album at some point. It's just a huge undertaking for a smaller artist like this when you're just trying to keep the momentum going, you know?
0: Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get something in the future. But I do have, of course, one uh, final question that needs to be asked. I think this is probably the most important question. I did not include this in uh, the briefing that I sent you a couple of days ago because it's just so important that I want to get your immediate thoughts. If oh, you could... <laughs> if you could be any cereal box character, who would
3: you be? I have an, imme- I have an immediate response, but it's so, it's I feel like it's so obvious. Um, t- Tony the Tiger.
0: <laughs> okay,
3: <laughs> I, I thought you. Like, I feel like most people say that. No, um, you'd be surprised.
0: Actually, the majority of the responses I get is Count Chocula.
3: <laughs> okay, well, see, he he's probably a more American character because I grew up in Ireland, and we we don't have him. Uh, in Ireland, so no, I'm, was my immediate answer. I'm glad I gotta
0: like I gotta like go through every single interview I've ever done and just do a tally of how many times like someone has said Count Chocula versus really? every <laughs> other character. It's it, oh, it's abundant. I love it. But yeah. <laughs> thank you, uh, oh, at uh, Mr. O'Hake for coming on the show. The new single Paralyzed is out now. Check it out on streaming, and you can even find it on Bandcamp. So go pick it up. Once again, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate your time.
3: Thank you so much for having me. really appreciate it. Good talking.
0: That was Oha Cade, the core composer for dark symphonic metal collective Val Kata. The new single is Paralyzed, a look beyond the sci-fi world created and a dive deep into a feeling that too many of us recognize humanity just sucks. Anyways, go check it out, give it a listen and if you haven't done so already, let them know that the robot sent you. Huge thanks again to Ohawk for coming on the show. I am curious to see how everything continues with this project because as mentioned, the subject changed for this single. I mean, they were they were focused on the concept of the world of Valcada and now it's something that is more personal, uh, a more personal topic of the musicians behind the music. And, you know, me personally, I think it really does work. I do want to know from you, though, uh, just I want to hear your thoughts on this specific one. Of course, you can uh, shoot me a message on uh, at the socials, Facebook and Twitter at uh, at the Metal Robot, Instagram at the dot metal robot. Send me an email T McKay at the metal robot That's T. M-C-K-A-Y at themetalrobot.com, and I want to hear from you on this one. Are you the kind of listener who, regardless of the genre and style of the music, prefers a more personal kind of topic? I don't know, maybe something more relatable, or do you want to avoid relatability and being able to hear other people who are going through what you're going through and instead listen to stories and concepts from other worlds, the, the, the times of the kinds of things that are just out of this world, something that, that is escapism of some kind. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you on that one. You just listen to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. I can smell the fire raining down and it smells like Turkey. Before you head out for the doors, here's a quick look at next week's show. A sick tour just happened up in Eastern Canada, so let's go back in time to when we talked with one of the headliners before they set sail. Apox Brett McIntosh will join us in the next episode. In the meantime, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook, and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The.MetalRobot. Robot. You can also head on over to the online hub, TheMetalRobot.com, to find out how to get your music. Music on the show. Special thanks, as always, to Colin, Jowde, and Valcata for coming on tonight, and of course, to you for listening to every single episode. You better be listening to every single episode. I'm Tom McKay. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night.